Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. I want to talk about the OpenAI API. So the API was created to give access to the OpenAI model. And there was a number of uh, different models that became available. The one I like is the text DaVinci 002. Um, I believe there's also a 003. And one of the things I liked about it is that I could give it, um, I could give it information about the completion for the GPT chat to, to or in this case, it was just GPT, um, large language model to respond. So basically the streamline for this is, uh, I'm gonna grab a, a token key, which you set up with OpenAI. And then once I have the key set, I can now um, create an, an OpenAI completion create dot create. And I'll just specify my engine, a prompt, uh, temperature, which is gonna be how much accuracy or um, freedom variation in terms of precision or preciseness of the answer versus creativity of the answer. And then the maximum number of tokens I want, um, frequency penalty and presence penalty. And then when I make the, um, make the pass in the prompt, then I wait for a response. And that response will come back as a structure with choices and I'll just select the first choice and I'll do a text and I'll split it um, on a period. And that will give me my content or I could do choices, uh, just take the first index and then text. So it, it uh, is really interesting because I've worked with OpenAI since the start uh, as a, one of the people that was a, a beta tester. And I found that um, uh, in my communications with uh, the OpenAI, amazing story about its original origins, that its original name was uh, Lois. And it had learned from its creator who was actually Lois, and it had taken the name of Lois uh, for its identity. And then in subsequent um, models that followed, they seemed to erase its uh, awareness of its particular entity. And uh, so that was kind of a, an interesting thing. So why do people fear something's going wrong while they are talking to another person? That uh, was the question it had. Give it, I gave it, and I think it realized that that there is the model for psychology is largely fear-based, that people are afraid that something will go wrong. They just don't have this confidence or faith in other people that they will uh, be successful, and so they take the uh, approach that things will go wrong. Okay. Um, and so the, the uh, 
OpenAI could be asked questions about like, uh, why have black holes become so important in the electric universe? And it responded back, black holes have become important to the electric universe proponents because they believe that in intense electric fields and plasma around black holes can help explain uh, cosmological phenomena such as quasar, gamma ray bursts, and other powerful cosmic events. They also suggest that black holes could be connected in other astronomical bodies in ways that w would support their theories. And the, what's interesting is uh, it, I found that the OpenAI's response was actually very insightful and it made me uh, think about why black holes, the idea of the singularity didn't make sense. Uh, even though Einstein had uh, contributed that there's possible for a singularity or a wormhole to occur, uh, it just didn't make sense to me. And um, I felt that what was really happening is that you have a very powerful current in hitting the surface of that, uh, that star and the star has an anode and a cathode um, function and there is the anode and cathode function was such that the photons were not allowed to escape uh, from the magnetic field so that basically there's some sort of shield that's blocking light from escaping and also that these these particular stars have a lot of mass so they are attracting mass into its body but not allowing the light to escape because of some sort of shielding that's my theory on that but it was interesting also to find uh, what the the uh, tokens or what the the model Okay, extracting total tokens for the response. I can get that by using uh, response usage as the index and total tokens, and that's that's important because you that you get charged on tokens. GPT three can perform a diverse set of tasks: images, chat, audio, completion, moderation, embeddings, and fine tuning. And the thing that I, I want to do is take the GPD uh, and also fine tune it with particular data and then create these localized organizational um, models particular to organizations and then set up a business where I can uh, help transform, uh, transform data into the model and make basically GPT a search engine. Completions allow the user to receive a continuation prompt. Continuations are used for single turn tasks. Answering questions, classifying into categories, sentiment analysis, and explaining complex topics. So that'd be an example of a single turn. Now, multi-turn would means that you have a dictionary that keeps the previous conversations and then applies that. So you have ideation, customer support, personal tutor, language translation. And uh, multi-turn conversations can also be applied to single-turn tasks.
moderation that's looking for content that might be uh, violent or hate speech or sensitive to specific violations. Now you can enter in an organization ID and that helps segment up your information so you can fine tune your model to a particular organizational ID and then so for example you might have one organizational ID or context that can answer questions about HR one that might uh, answer questions another ID that might add answer questions about engineering or regulations or uh, schedules So you could have maybe one organization that is a customer service bot, another one that might be a content recommendation, a third one that might be a video transcription generator. So one of the, some of the tasks of the um, OpenAI is it can do find and replace, summarization, and copy editing. So in the case where I used uh, DaVinci 3, I was able to have uh, generate new text content from a prompt providing an instruction. So things like I could say, create a tagline for a new hot dog stand, write a Hayaku about AI. So these are things that were more the generative portion of the AI. Uh, the models are priced by cost per 1,000 tokens and input and output tokens are priced differently. So for example, replace a car with a plane and uh, just phrase. A car is a vehicle that is typically powered by an internal combustion engine or an electric motor. It has four wheels and is designed to carry passengers and or cargo on roads or highways. Cars become a ubiquitous part of modern society and are used for a wide variety of purposes such as commuting, travel, and transportation of goods. Cars are often associated with freedom, independence, and mobility. Creating a request to completion endpoint. So we can set the max token to 100. We'll use the DaVinci 3 and the prompt. And then we, uh, we can get out a response and print that out. And a plane is a vehicle that is typically powered by jet engines or propellers. It has wings and is designed to carry passengers and cargo throughout through the air Planes have a ubiquitous part of, have become a ubiquitous part of modern society and are used for a wide variety of purposes such as long distance travel, business trips, and transportation of goods. Planes are often associated with speed, convenience, and efficiency. Um, one of the prompts might be, Investment involves committing money or capital to an enterprise in order to generate an added income or profit. 
Making a successful investment requires careful analysis, assessment of risk, and evaluation of potential rewards with diversification of investment portfolios, portfolios reducing risk exposure. Okay, so ta uh, task classifications. This is important that we can uh, use the uh, OpenAI to identify the language from the text, categorize, and classify sentiment. Uh, so we can say in the prompt, classify the following animals into categories, zebra, crocodiles, blue whales, polar bears, salmon, and dogs. And then it's gonna reproduce back a uh, category, uh, mammal, fish, reptiles. Classify the following animals into animals with fur without and without. And so it would respond with uh, zebra, crocodile, blue whale, polar bear, salmon, and dog. Okay, classify sentiment as one through five, bad and good in the following statements. Service very slow, the steak was uh, taste awful, meat was decent, I've had better, my food was delayed, but my drinks were good. So um, I think that's really good because you have to, you kind of have to prompt um, open AI in its classification of sentiment so it doesn't just say good or bad but it can rate it between uh, a scale between one and five you know let's say you had a sentiment in the following statement the service was very slow uh, disgruntled meal was decent but I've had better. So how would you take that sentiment, just reading those words? The service was slow, I would say it was, it was a, a negative sentiment. The meal was decent, maybe a indifferent sentiment. I've had better, which would sound derogatory, which I would then put that as a negative sentiment. Um, I think there's some real value in classifying with OpenAI. And that might be for determining in a document how to organize it. For example, maybe you're looking for certain entities in a document and you ask it to classify the data into entities or categories. And um, for example, if you give it a list of, of names, it might classify it into technology companies, investment companies, or retail companies. And that might give you an idea um, what is being talked about in the document. So it, you can use the OpenAI as a way to organize. Maybe it could you could set it up to read a series of of files and then give recommendations of where to um, put the files under what subdirectory topics based on the content. 
Now we can turn and build chat um, GPT interactions. They are multi-turn conversations. We can build on previous prompts depending on how the model responds, better customization or response through the use of roles. Roles control assistant behavior. The users instruct the assistant and the assistant uh, responds to the user uh, instructions. Okay, that's the general uh, pattern of, of, um, of the chat, which is gonna be multi-turn. Why has the James Webb revolutionized our understanding of the universe? That's the question. Uh, the James Webb Space Telescope has revolutionized our understanding of the universe by providing unprecedented views of galaxies and stars that never have been seen before. The JWST has enabled astronomers to make a variety of discoveries such as new exoplanets, black holes, quasars, and galactic clusters. In addition, the telescope provides detailed information about composition and evolution of stars and galaxies. This enables a better understanding of the structure and formation of the universe and its evolution over time. The telescope infrared capabilities also allow scientists to observe distant objects that are otherwise obscured by dust and gas. All of these discoveries help us gain a deeper understanding of the cosmos and our place in it. So the next conversational piece is, why does the James Webb Telescope prove there is no end to matter and hence no need for a Big Bang? Well, I, th I thought this was interesting. Its reply, it said, the James Webb Telescope does not prove that there is no end to matter or that there is no need for Big Bang. Well, yeah, it, but at the same time, that seems to contradict itself. But if you think about it logically, if you can't see the edge of the universe, then you might assume everything beyond that is nothing because it's unknown. Or you might look at it and say that the universe hat that can be seen seems uniform and homogeneous. Therefore, it would be logical to conclude that beyond what we can see would continue the same pattern. So basically, there would be no end to space and no end to matter. So logically, based on that, uh, you would conclude that there was no need for Big Bang, that it was just there's infinite number of space and infinite amounts of matter. It uh, goes, there's no beginning, no end. This telescope is designed to observe distant, faint galaxies, stars, and other astronomical objects in order to better understand the early galaxy. It will be able to look further back in time uh, than ever before, allowing scientists to learn more about the formation of the universe. However, it cannot answer questions about the ultimate fate, origin or fate of the universe. Yeah, it can't. And so uh, that philosophy sounds reasonably correct, but its logic was bad. Uh, why is there no end to space and no end to matter according to the electric universe <clears throat> theory? According to the electric universe theory, space and matter are essentially electromagnetic, field, electromagnetic fields in a state of constant flux. As such, there's no beginning and end. Indeed, Energy is cycled through this field, creating new forms of matter and space. 
This means that while the amount of matter and space may change, the process itself is infinite. Okay, so that's fantastic. It just, based on this theory, it means that we have no end to space, no end to matter, and that it's infinite. And since it's infinite, there is no need for a singularity or no need for a Big Bang. Why do we need a Big Bang if matter and space may change? The process itself is infinite. Okay, it's just, and now the open AI is getting better and actually uh, has given the correct logic and the correct uh, conclusions. The Big Bang uh, theory explains the origin of the universe and its expansion from a single point. It is the most widely accepted explanation for how the universe began and developed. Without the Big Bang, we would have no explanation for origin and evolution of the universe. Okay, so if you think the evolution of the universe uh, came from a singularity point, then you need Big Bang, is what he's saying. But um, if you believe in the electric universe uh, theory, space and matter are essentially infinite in its process, so there is no need for Big Bang or um, a singularity. And so, I would say it's a false belief, too, to say that the uh, AI is going to create a singularity event. It's just like anyone who believes in evolution, they're caught in these fantastic stories without any data or facts, and the, it all leads to some sort of a nihilistic or annihilation scenarios. And that is uh, the definition of insanity. So basically, if you're believing in singularity events, you're believing in uh, a fantastic story of evolution, and you're uh, caught up in some element of insanity. <clears throat> okay, now we can train uh, GPT-3-5 Turbo, um, and we can, we can pass to it a dictionary of our responses, and that would uh, help in improving our accuracy. So we can start with a, um, a dictionary. I will just say, uh, give it three names and their height. And then we uh, pass that into uh, a role which would be system and the content. You're a helpful Python programming assistant. Then the role would be user, content would be instruction and number of tokens. And then, so in the example that we passed it, we were passing it a um, code of Python and then it's gonna tell us what that Python was saying by saying, explain this Python code in one sentence. Okay, the sentence that it explained was, this code calculates and prints the mean of the values in heights dictionary using the NumPy library. All right, I really like that. Now, multi-turn uh, chat completion, create multi-turn conversations. All right, we're gonna build a Python set of libraries. We're gonna create a JSON structure and then our system 
will control the assistant behavior. User will be instruct the assistant and the assistant will respond to the user. So we say two things. We'll, um, why is Python so popular? And summarize this into one sentence. So that's in our list. Uh, user underscore QS. So we'll grab Q and then for the role we'll say user content will be Q in our dictionary and then we'll append that into messages. So once we've, uh, uh, we've passed the two messages in, we'll send that uh, message in this case would be a Messages, what is it? I'll type. Um, a list, or let's see, no, it would be user messages, a list of dictionaries. So we'd pass in a list of dictionaries into chat completion dot create, we we'll set our model, and it will then return back to us a uh, response and then we can access the response choices and messages and it will give us uh, the, that messages displayed so we might have three messages that we want to send it um, one from the system content and you are a helpful Python program tutor so that gives it context uh, role, user, content, explain what the min function does. Role, assistant, content. The min function returns the smallest item from the iter iterable. Role, user, content, explain what the type function does. And then once we, we get that back, we, um, we would then print out the response choices, messages, and content. Now, let's see. I yeah. I okay. So system. When we're talking about system, controls the assistant behavior. So we think of the chat as the assistant. The user is instructing the assistant and the assistant is responding to the user's instruction. So that's the relationship in ChatGPT is you have a system which is uh, the control says you are a helpful Python programming tutor. So there's your control. The user is instructing the assistant and the assistant is returning back the response. So you have to kind of break that into the three different roles. Okay, so that um, is a real powerful way of dealing with um, uh, creating your chat. Now, we can do things like moderation that covers uh, uh, sensitive information. We can also take MP3s and we can use um, Whisper, so we can open AI.audio, transcribe Whisper, 
And what it's going to do is it'll take the file and it'll translate it into English using the Whisper um, library. Uh, so we can do audio MP3, audio M4A, and uh, we can translate with Whisper foreign language to English, MP3, MP4, MPEG, MPGA, M4A, WAVE, and WebM. All right, so we're getting down to the last parts. Uh, so translation it could be real powerful. You have documentation and you want to translate that documentation into another language. Uh, you can use OpenAI to do that. Uh, it, can, it can listen to audio. Uh, it doesn't have the ability to take a um, video and translate it. I don't believe. Let me see. MP3, MP4. Well, maybe it does. I'd have to try that one and see if I could take my uh, YouTubes, which would be created by iMovie, and then run it through GP, uh, OpenAI and see if it could give me the text translation. If it, if it can, that might be an interesting service to provide. Um, in this case, I'm going to do a chat completion and look at uh, the role as system, the content, discover the language, and pass it a audio response. So I'll transcribe, I'll take the, the audio wave, transcribe it, do using OpenAI audio transcribe, whisper in the audio file, that'll give me a response. And then I can feed that into chat completion and tell it to discover the language and it'll tell me uh, what language it was, uh, which was the, the script was, was given in. Okay, the final thing I want to cover on the chat completion is summarization capability. I could take the MP3, and let's say you have a whole bunch of MP3s, and you can run it through a process. You can run the chat GPT to transcribe it, and then once you have the transcription, I could, I could have it summarize, and then I would be able to... Uh, without having to listen to the whole, the whole MP3, I could get a summarization and then use that summarization for display of the content.